One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that uses music as the fire to ignite the storyteller power in all of us. Thanks for listening. I'm Tara Calligan. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Three Song Stories. Our guest today is Ronan EarthClan. Ronan is a local hip hop musician and entertainer. He was born in Panama City, Panama, but raised in Homestead, Florida until about 2001 when he arrived here in Fort Myers, his now home. He says that, quote, he's got ADHD and been told that he lights up a room by many, which we can attest to in this episode. You can find his music on most platforms, but you can find his most recent releases on Spotify. So let's get to it. Hey there, Ronan. Hello. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. So first question, what kind of bender would you be if you were an avatar, the last airbender universe? Oh, crap. Uh... I thought that was going to be easier. I'm, I'm, oh, it's, it's obvious. It's completely obvious. Earthbender, of course, but it's like that. I, I can only pick one. What would you be? Well, then would you be the Avatar then? Oh no, not the Avatar. <laughs> I'd be some weird combo. You know how the water benders got the blood benders? I think I'll take an Earth. Wouldn't that be the metal bender then? Yeah. What about what about volcano bender? <laughs> Is that? Mike, what kind of bender would you be? I'd be a, a, a robot on Futurama. <laughs> Oh, he'd be bender bender. Excellent. Okay, Mike, would you be the wooden bender from that episode? (laughs) Yes. So, you do? Do you like Futurama? I love Futurama. So do I. Okay, good. So we're 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 akin, very very akin already. Uh, You were raised in Homestead, Florida, but you were born in Panama City, Panama. So, what was the music background of your childhood like? Grupo Nietzsche, Mark Anthony, Celia Cruz, or any bachata or uh salsa you could think of do you have a particular memory or one that sticks out that played a lot around the house see at that age i didn't have as much of an appreciation so it all sounded the same to me because it was just the, the, the same rhythm every time so i i want to say grupo nietzsche because my dad would throw it on every weekend just pop and turn it up loud and it's like oh man this is so annoying. I used to get a little annoyed by it when I was a kid. Unless I was at like a family gathering or something, then I'd be like, all right. Yeah. This is what it means. It's funny because your face, when you kind of were reflecting on it, it looked like that's a happy memory to you. But it's funny that you know that it was kind of annoying at the time. So like looking yeah, things, looking yeah. at things like in retrospect sometimes, especially with what we talk about, that, that'll come up a little bit. <laughs> it feels good now. <laughs> uh, so what's the earliest musical memory of your childhood, if you think all the way back? What, what's something that you remember aside from that music? Is there something that you personally, that resonated with you as a, as a child? Oh, no lie. The one song. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. I can't remember the name of it. But the one song, because I was living in Homestead at around three, four, five, and it basically I was something like booty bass completely took over. So I was like 69 Boys, 2 Live Crew, Uncle Luke, all these other fellas. But the one, the one song, because they brought it back and they were doing so many Instagram videos on it where they were trying to do that one dance back oh. and forth. It's Tony Braxton. To be no, it's not. Is it? 
Yeah, I want to be your lover, baby, if you want it. Yep. Something like, yeah, yep. I know what it is. I'll try to think of it, and then that we'll throw one. that under my terrible singing. Because my mom, every time the <laughs> radio would be on, of course, it will be like the Fugees or Usher, one of those guys killing the game back in the day. But that one, would, whenever that one came on, everybody in the car just... It's a good one, though. I just made a, I called it Pop Princess, and I made a playlist of any uh, song I could remember that was in middle school or in elementary school on the school bus, because we had a really awesome bus driver, and we got to listen to all of the good radio stations. So all that good stuff got to play. Good good bus drivers are a big blessing. They really are. So So shout out to them. What about grandparents? Do you remember music or have any memories tied with your grandparents and music? (sighs) I remember my grandparents plenty, and it was basically the same the same music my dad was pumping out. So just all all heritage and roots. So something with a huh, we, we there was even songs with like the the rhythm that's used in a lot of Haitian music. Yeah, as well. Just the the island the island groove. Now, what's the first music that you own physically yourself? Ooh. The first album I ever purchased, it was in Target. It was in Cape Coral. I was in middle school at the time. The Cape, the Target off of Santa Barbara. Yeah, I'm like, I'm in that Target right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I want to say, hmm, Slum Village, Slum Village, because I, I bought a little booklet and I had all my albums that I ever bought. So I had Dipset. Uh, Cameron, Kanye West's uh, graduation album, Snoop Dogg's album with the Drop It Like It's Hot single on yeah. it. My uh, mom loved that one. David Banner. Did she really? Yeah, my mom loved that song so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want to say the first album of music was the Outkast Speaker Box Love Below combo. Ooh, we're going to get there pretty soon. So, oh yeah. So we can get into that now if you'd like to. I. Huh. You want to get into your first song? I always, yeah. always. Let's do that then. So tell us about your first song. Well, this first song, it is by, it's by Outkast, but the only person you hear on it is Andre 3000, God bless. And it features Rosario Dawson, which maybe she does some singing in there. I know she does some talking in yeah. there, but the, the the basis of the track at that time frame I had no idea no idea I was in the sixth grade so it was like oh love this that blah 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 what I know now is it's a track basically about a commitment to a relationship she lives in my lap and that's as far as it's ever gonna get for those two people like it's never gonna turn into marriage or turn into a lifelong it's just a really exciting fling so. At that age, sixth grade, I put it on repeat just because of the instrumental and how it sounded. But I didn't know. I didn't know. It's creating the little, the little love man. How old were you around that time? Eleven or twelve. Yeah. Eleven or twelve. So where'd you listen to it in your room? Headphones. Bus rides. Bus rides. Walking in the hallway. I did the PE. Anytime I could have my CD player. Even sometimes in the class, we had a substitute teacher because, you know, kids can be a-holes sometimes. <laughs> so I would be in the back. And it's not like they're teaching anyway. They'd write stuff on the board and be like, all right, go to your book and blah, 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 blah. Stay quiet. I was like, okay. 
good to go. What about sharing the music? Do you share it with a lot of your friends and classmates and stuff too? I tried to, mm -hmm. but I felt like I wasn't sharing the right stuff because a lot of them would be like, what the hell is this? Uh, uh, uh. Don't you know who Plies or Frank Lennon is? And oh. blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, I don't know. So anything. that fear of judgment. I got judged hard. But now who's cool, right? Hey. Everybody. <laughs> every, instead of Plies, though. Everybody <laughs> has their own preferred lane of music, and I now know this. And we can all be unique in that way. I appreciate that so. philosophy. Would you like to listen to it? Absolutely. Okay, so this is She Lives in My Lap by Outcast featuring Rosario Dawson from the 2003 album Speaker Box slash The Love Below. The Love Below. Yes. She has such a good laugh. Yes. You know? Oh, my God. Oh, Richard, you were looking up. Did you see if it's Rosario Dawson singing? I don't see any indication that that's her singing. I have every belief that she could sing it, but uh, it only credits her on the on the, the talking, parts. the dialogue. Yeah. Okay. Right. So where does that song fit into your life today? Uh, today, honestly, whenever I hear it now, it just reminds me of what like things I shouldn't do in a relationship. Like what? Basically, go nowhere. You know, if I'm gonna go nowhere, I might as well be. Single. I, I don't think I've ever heard a more clear answer to a direct question, and I love that. That's yeah. a great answer. <laughs> so what about, uh, how do you think, I mean, middle school, you were, th I was talking about the lyrics, you know, a little bit um, while we were listening to it, uh, to Richard and Mike, you know, thinking that at, at 11 and then now, you know, it almost in your late 20s, that's a very different juxtaposition and even deeper understanding, too. Yes. So how do you think that the meaning has changed for you? It went from simple enjoyment, because at the time as well, between fifth and eighth grade, I played the alto saxophone hmm. in band. I was supposed to join the marching band in high school, but the damn football coach walked in the auditorium. He was like, I need to talk to you. It's like, <laughs> I just got a new job. But uh, <laughs> basically... It kind of means something now because of the relationships that I've been in, mm -hmm. and I'm yet again in another one. But this one with Marissa really seems like it's going to stick, like indefinitely. That's a good feeling. Oh yeah. So what so, about music? As you you did you own uh, any instruments growing up, or did you play instruments or anything like that? You said the saxophone, alto saxophone. Okay, is that the but, only instrument? Yep, the only one. Um, my brother Mike had a trumpet, my brother Enrique played piano, and my close cousin Marcus also played trumpet. And he actually went to Bethune-Cookman and joined frat, oh. in a marching band, but he doesn't do that stuff anymore. Now he's an electrician in Miami. What about you? So. Do you play alto sax anymore? <sighs> Ever since they made me put the cleats on... <laughs> I just I turned into this jockey. They made you do it. Oh yeah, they t they turned me into this, you know. And it's like, darn! If I would have just joined that damn marching band, because uh, like today I would I would definitely buy an alto saxophone because I still feel like I remember how to play. Yeah. But the thing for me would be going back over music theory mm. and reading and writing music. Is that what's stopping you? Maybe. From buying the saxophone? Well, other than the expense. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. If you could... I feel like I have like almost no time for anything nowadays. But I also realize that it's me making excuses. So. Well, if you ever learn to play the sax again, relearn it. Let us know. 
oh, we'll have you on on Gulf Coast Life. (laughs) I'll be on stage with it. If you could instantly learn, though, any instrument, any one instantly, that would be you'd be proficient. What instrument would that be? Piano. Yeah. People say that quite often, I think, since we started asking that question is piano. I say piano only because they they always say piano helps you learn everything else. Mm. So if I'm just instrument. Yep. Just a piano master, and okay, then I can go buy my saxophone. Earthbender, piano master. Bam. Boom, you're done. Uh, Oh, fun fact about She Lives in My Lap that I didn't want to uh, let go. There's nine writers for that song, including the Isaac Hayes. Mm. Which I didn't know. Mm. That's a lot of writers. And I looked through that album specifically. That's a lot of writers. Most writers on that album was that song. Yeah. Yeah. Complex from a young age, sir. Knew it couldn't just be Andre. (laughs) Darn it. So you got to Fort Myers in 2001. How did you end up, though, here in southwest Florida? What were maybe some of your first impressions? Well, we moved from Homestead and lived right on Winkler Avenue in the, I forget the name of the complex. It's close to West Chase and Westwood. But we stayed with my uncle from my dad's side and his wife at the time. And honestly, I, I did not want to move at all and when we got here it just solidified the nightmare and i was just like oh this isn't miami this isn't cool so so you weren't necessarily a fan of southwest florida not at first definitely not at first i didn't become a fan until i was out of like graduated from high school and i was able to be like i am who i am today because i came to southwest florida Part of the reason why I am who I am. So, what about music? When did you start rapping? When did you start writing your own music, original music? Well, that wasn't until the second song, my trip to California, and that warped who I was forever. Well, we can go there in a moment then. Then we'll get there because I'd like to ask you a couple questions. Uh, When did you become Ronin Earth Clan? When did that become who you felt you needed to be? Ronin Earth Clan actually happened last year, I believe. And that was shortly after an incident involving Demigod Duo, if people remember. But uh, before that, it was Stone and Ronin. And then before that, it was Samurai Perp. And then before that, it was Professor. Before that, it was... <laughs> you know, I did, the list goes on. I noticed that, uh, you know, I'd love you to describe the sound and feel of your music because, uh, as I've kind of noticed, there's a lot of spiritual, metaphysical connotations, you know, with chakra boxing, uh, Astral Flex 47, um, and what is it, monopsychism, right? Monopsychism. Monopsychism. But there's also homage to Japanese culture and fantasy genres as well. So like Swordplay with his off-year album Overdose. Uh, and then I saw that you're also a fan of the manga Death, Death Fantasy as well. Uh so yeah, I, we do research here, boy. Uh, no, Dang. so I just want to know though, you how would you describe your sound because you do have a lot of different influences, it seems. Yeah. Um, but now you today and what you've just released, Belly of the Beast, kind of describe your music to our our audience. Well, for me, it's just it's like the grudge the grudge kid coming in and just being like, all right, lay it down. I gotta I got I gotta let you feel what I'm feeling. You gotta hear what I imagine or what whatever has happened to me in my past and it's the reason why I'm the character I am today 
Like, I want people to feel that. So a lot of it, too, lots of anger. So in my older stuff, like going forward, I'm trying to make it more just music that people enjoy. But I do tend to, if it has something to do with a specific feeling, like a song I wrote in 2010, it sounds horrible today, but it's called Mike Merker. And the way I wrote that song was based off of my mother finding marijuana in my drawer and secretly sending me with my oldest brother to visit my dad in Virginia. And at like the third day we were there, they're like, okay, you're going to stay here in Virginia because this happened. And I was so pissed. I wrote Mike Merker that night. It It wasn't even shots directed at my family or anything but just the intense emotion i was feeling at the time and i was just putting words together throwing in punch lines i was like whatever i think might sound good but write it down came back home because i was like nope i'm not staying in virginia blah 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 my mind was warped at that age i grew up kind of weird so if looking at it now i probably just should have stayed with my pops in virginia and a lot of things that happened probably wouldn't have happened. But, you know, can't float on that forever. Yeah, so it seems music, uh, for a lot of people, you know, and, and I think art in general, it's it's our way of expressing ourselves in ways that we don't know how to. And yeah. do you find that that's for you? Do you do anything else other than, like, writing, like, hip-hop? Or is it poetry as well? Or do you think that they're kind of synonymous? Which I kind of do. Ugh, I don't. I haven't written poetry since elementary. No? You honestly. don't think that what you do is necessarily poetry? I do, but not, like. When somebody's like, all right, I need you to write a poem, it's like, oh, crap, I got to research. Yeah, yeah I got to right, go right. and see, make, watch myself. So you always so, write it with music in mind. Yeah. Okay. Basically. So what's your feel now? How would you describe Ronan Earth Clan? Mm, salvation, mm. freedom, just embracing that emotion. Uh, I, I changed it from Stone and Ronan to Ronan Earth Clan because. My partner at the time disagreed with a certain group of people's lifestyle. And I don't, this life is, as wild as life is here on earth, like I don't want to be one to deny anybody anything or tell them, hey, your existence is not valid, basically. So Earth Clan is my way to validate everything. So uh, your most recent single, Belly of the Beast, it came out in May. Have you been doing a lot of music, uh, writing a lot of music during uh, quarantine because of the pandemic? I have so much unreleased stuff, it's not even funny. Even old unreleased things. And I really just need to just get them out. Yeah. So I have been sitting on a lot of stuff, and that's one of my habits I need to stop (laughs) doing. However, however I can. Are you in the camp that you feel like anything you make you have to put out there, or do you keep some music for yourself? I just feel like if I make it, but then I hear it back a couple times, I'm like, oh, no, I have to redo this. I can't put this out, mm-hmm. which is why I sit on so much of it. I really want people to hear it, but I want them to hear perfect, like my perfect work, you know, whereas I have a lot of people saying, hey, bro, you just need to, once you get that idea and you get it written down and you get it recorded, just just start pop, 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 putting them all out like that. It's a good tactic 
but it just the way I feel about it sometimes. I I can't. It has to be perfect. Yeah, I, or I, what I, I think is perfect. Because I think of we're course, very similar. Yeah, there's people out there that are gonna hear my stuff and be like, oh, "This is garbage." But it was perfect for you, right? At the time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, though, we'll, I'll record something over and over and over again, especially here in the studio. And you, I, I look to Richard. I'm like, I sound so f- stupid. <laughs> like, tell me how I sound. Like, Do I sound dumb? Do I sound like, oh, my gosh. Like, sometimes, you know, you have to change your tone depending on what kind of work you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you hear yourself and you're editing that piece over and over again. And I'm just like, will you shut the f- up? I don't want to hear your voice anymore. Uh, so, Ronan, is that, is that um, part of – is that mostly for music for you or is that something that happens – in all kind of the aspects of your life. Do you, you think you're a perfectionist? Oh, dude, I, I try to be so bad, man. It's it's rough. It's rough. I do try to be. I know I'm not, but it's I can't help but try. You know? Yeah. I am a Virgo. Me too. So that explains. Me too. Yep. <laughs> that explains our, our, our kind of that drive. Our That's what people say about us, right? Our shortcomings. <laughs> we want everything to be perfect, so we're crazy. Uh what kind of devices do you listen to music on mostly? Now my phone. Yeah. Or uh, I got a Bluetooth speaker, Bluetooth in the car, Bluetooth at home. When was the last uh, time you bought a physical form of music? So that's record, vinyl, that's CD, whatever, cassette. Oh, crap. Well, I was, you know, I want to say 2014. I was in the Army at the time. And I, I kept going into FYE because they're always like, oh, we're closing, we're closing. And it feels like every time I go into FYE, it's like, you guys are always fucking closing, <laughs> always having sales. When are you going to shut down? But I started a massive, if I go pop the trunk in my car right now, it, it, it looks like a disaster because they're everywhere. But there's just CDs, greatest hits, old CDs. We're going to go back. out there after this. I'm going to take a picture. Yep. Perfectionist, perfectionist. Right, exactly. Uh, so what about radio stations? Do you listen to any radio stations locally or anything like that in the car? Or is it always just music from your phone? It's usually just music from my phone. But since the pandemic started, like a couple months back, we've been hard on NPR radio because it feels like the most unbiased radio to listen to. Thank you. That's a great answer. Cheers to that. Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to say anything, but thank you so much for saying that, sir. Uh, No, we have come up now on your second song. So we alluded to it a little bit, uh, your second song. Would you like to introduce the song? (sighs) The second song is N-E-R-D, You Know What? Yes, it is. Oh, man. This, This song is like, it was like evolution for me. No BS. <laughs> um, ask that question one more time. <laughs> sure. It's describe the story of you. Would you like to listen to the song first and get like no, in that no, headspace? You want no, to talk about it first? I want to talk about it Let's first. Let's talk about it. Me. All right. So 2009. I um, Junior year just finished. I was at Dunbar High School. The way it was looking, I was basically going to become a senior and then be a senior again the year after. And, you know, I didn't want to do that. And I'm like, damn, how did I get to this? But uh, my mom, she called my uncle in Palmdale, California, and then he called me. I visited for the summer. 
I didn't know it was going to end up being a permanent visit, which I, I did come back after my three weeks out there. And then he called again and said, hey, do you want to come stay out here, graduate, blah, blah, blah. I said, mm, absolutely. Why? I had been in Florida for most of my life till then. And I'm like, you know what? I think this would be a great time just to be like, yeah, I did this when I was at this age. So I went. I met so many cool people, and the thing about the living in California, it, it, I, it's just so darn diverse. Seriously. Like, I even felt like, <laughs> like the, of course they're different over there, but like the black kids from my community out here were nothing like the black kids from out there. Because, yeah, it's like, oh, California is gangbanging and blah, 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 blah. But maybe because I was just a new, new guy and I wasn't from there at all. So all of them be like, hey, man, where you from, cuz? Blah, 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 blah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm from Florida. Oh, welcome to Cali, man. You liking it so far? But, oh, you so you guys are so nice out here. Not what and, you expected. <laughs> yeah. When I went to school, there was Bloods, Crips, mm-hmm. Brown Pride, everywhere. The only thing that confused me is that they would walk up to each other and just start, like, shaking hands. Like, oh, what's up, man? I'm like, yo, you know on TV and the movies, they, like, you you guys are, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Guns blazing. That's all all people ever see. Right? So I went over there. Everybody's cool as hell. Everybody disobeys their parents. Why? Because everybody's parents seemed to have, it was like a middle class or something. Because over here. I mean, shoot, we're always in some random apartment. We're living, like, all over Fort Myers, all over Cape Coral, all over North Fort Myers. Couldn't be permanent. Kept getting kicked out. Water would go out often. Lights would go out often. When I got to California, to my uncle's house, he had a two-story house, TV, pool in the back, all that goodness I was like, wow, this is so different. I'm kind of glad I took this opportunity. It was really new for me. But um, I enjoyed the hell out of it. You want to listen to it? I do. Okay, so it's the song number two. This is You Know What from NERD's 2008 album, Seeing Sounds. Wait, wait. Oh, go for it. Yeah, yeah. The song came into my possession from one of my best friends ever. Today his name is Sean Knight. I met Sean in California at a football game on a Friday night. He was sitting in the stands. He's just like this 6'4 hippie dude. Just cool as hell, cool as a breeze. A couple weeks later, I came into the possession of an iPod. Wink, wink. (laughs) And I took it over to Sean, and Sean's like, bro, you don't have any music. I was like, dude, I know music. Like, I YouTube a lot at at that time. Mm -hmm. But he was like, I got you. He had an actual, like a... A Mac book, and he had an actual iTunes account, and he had all like he he gave me sixty gigs of music. Ooh, and I was like, oh, of gold too. I'm sure. Yep, NERD, and two or three of their albums was on there, and that's where I found this song, and it just I like this album a lot. So it's cool that you picked this song. So we'll we'll listen to it, and then we can talk a little bit more about it. Well, let's go there right now, okay? Let's go. All right. You know, that song, uh, again, I was young. 
didn't really understand love. But that song, I kind of, I understood what it meant. And at the time, also, while I was doing my trip and then back to Florida and back to California, my cousin Javier, who lives in San Diego with my family from my mom's side, he introduced me to this girl named Chelsea Arthur, who is half black, half Panamanian, or just all black, because her dad is from Panama. Yes, but he's black. Um, she was the theme behind that song at the time. And that's like, I'm talking young love. It's like you finally found somebody and you just, mm, yep, normal conversation. Make out, make out, make out, make yes. out. Hold hands. Make out, make out, make out. <laughs> Sit and stare. Oh, you want to go to a movie? Make out, make out, make out. And it's like everything just ends <laughs> up being making out. And there's really barely any conversation. But you feel that 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 connection, that that energy. Oh, man, those feelings are yeah. the best. The first time. It always... So for everybody, it's always the first time. The first time's the greatest. <laughs> so what about greatest. today? Where does that song fit in with you today? Well, I'm not really trying to be a player mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> You're not a player, you just crush a lot? Marissa, please help. No. Um... Does it fit in my life today? Yeah. Do you listen to it? When was oh, the last I, time you listened to it? This week. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm such always, a good song. Everything that I've, I've told you guys today for uh, for today's venture, I'm still listening to those songs as a part of my 24 hour playlist that I have on Spotify. Hmm. That's so. yeah. That's not necessarily the tr- uh, the way it is for most of our guests. It depends on what you know the story is really. Oh well, I try to. And anything that I've heard back then, I literally try to rotate back to it. Just mm-hmm. I got like Wu Tang on repeat most days. And it's like, yeah, I heard that when I was. What album or, or a few of Wu Tang albums? Thirty Six Chambers. Yeah, yeah. Primarily Thirty Six <laughs> Chambers. I always, the album. Yep. And then sometimes the the W or the Wu. I think it's the W. Just the W. The, the yeah. W. I saw them yeah. at Riot Fest actually uh, last. Well, obviously this one didn't isn't going to happen for 2020. But it. yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I was pretty even though like everyone was there, I was very surprised. You know, like I, I never got to see them. Like, I went all the way to Chicago to see it, so it's not like they were <laughs> over here in Southwest Florida. Uh, yeah. So what's the last show that you went to uh, before we had to social distance like concert? <sighs> I was you know I don't even. <laughs> It's, Aww, it's not cry. fair because I was supposed to go to Shaky Knees this oh. year. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to wear boots and jeans and a, and a cool brown leather jacket for the for the Black for, Keys yeah. set. <laughs> <laughs> who were you excited? So were you excited for the Black Keys? Who were you yeah. excited for? Who else? There, there was Smashing Pumpkins was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we won't talk I, about I it anymore even, if you don't want to. Yeah. So what, what was the last in-person <laughs> concert that you remember you attended? Uh, Even lo- if it was a local show, local show, yeah, yeah. local show over there at uh, what's that spot? Ollie's Pub. In oh, Cape I haven't Coral. been there yet. It's it's a really nice spot. I know. I keep wanting to make it and over there, and I then had, everything I had happened. High hopes for it because it was like, yo, the year just started, and you already had like eight shows here. Yeah, and people were just, oh, Ollie's Pub, oh, Ollie's Pub, Ollie's Pub. They're and still staying strong in there, man. Yep. 
Yeah, and the community's definitely rallied around it to try to keep that venue open. So hell yeah, I hope I hope that I can visit there when when we can, right? When air quotes thing goes back to normal. When the corona leaves us. <laughs> what uh, was the best concert experience you have ever had? Mm. I said that very William Shatner y for some reason, but <laughs> what was the best experience you had? The best experience <laughs> ever. Twenty sixteen, the Fear Factory in oh. Miami. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I've heard of that. Yo, I never ever went to raves before that, but I can't eat. Can I, can I can I talk about like you can talk about whatever you'd like, sir. Okay, so <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so I went with I went with a group of friends. There's about eight of us, and we we got it. We, we all got this big, nice, spacious Airbnb. It was like 15 minutes away from where the show was. Uh, when we got there and we're waiting in line at the door, I had. Two tabs of LSD in my hand, along with the eighth of shrooms, and I'm just like holding it tight, like they're gonna search us, right? Like, of course, they search us every time. It's like, but this is my first actual good. <laughs> and I, just, I just, it's like, it's like the beginning of Super Troopers. Yeah, man. Eat it. I just ate it in line, and we're just walking up, right? We're in line for maybe another ten minutes. You know, you get the clammy hands before anything happens, like, because you're anticipating it so much. You're just like, oh, oh God, this is so cool. And um, it was Halloween, so, uh, Halloween, the week before Halloween, Fear Factory. We get there. There's so many costumes. There's people wearing diapers and shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was, it was, I was like, man, was this a good idea? Because look at everything that's happening. Well, we get in there. It's just packed, packed. Like, there's people already jumping. I can't even remember who was on set, but the headliners for the night were um, Flostradamus. Yeah. And <laughs> for real? That's what's, awesome. what's his homie? The, oh, I can't remember. It starts that, with a B. The songs that popped in my head, the uh, Mosh Pit song. See? Because I'm... <laughs> anyway, well, I'm like, Richard. I'm, I'm looking. He's looking up Flostradamus. Flostradamus is a duo. But there's another. There's another. Started with a B. Um, we'll we'll get back to that. Yeah, 2016 Fear Factory headliners. That that sounds like a song story in its own. That maybe could have been your fourth like song story. Yo, that that <laughs> night was. Dumb. How did it end? Did it end on a high note or a low it note? It ended with me in taking a shower, watching the walls swirl, blasting. Suicide Boys and Jerem on my cell phone oh, so you're in fine. the bathroom. So I was just like, ah. so, so you're fine. Like after the show, like, yeah, the party's still going. It's like 3 a.m. <laughs> and I walk out and everybody everybody was on it. So they're just like looking at me like, what do we do now? I was like, I mm, turn off the music. <laughs> Shower. That's what we do now. <laughs> That's it. So, um, you have you ever traveled farther than a few hours to see a show or a concert or something like that? What's the furthest you've gone to see? Well, I don't know if this counts, but my dad took me and my brother Mike to see Earth, Wind, and Fire in <laughs> Virginia. That counts. Oh, yeah. How was that? That was lit. Even as a kid, I bet that was awesome. I was 13, 14, and I was like, damn, this is better than 
my hip hop on my headphones because they're right there. All these folks because I used to I remember seeing like super old videos of their their old music videos. Yeah. And it's like now watching this old man up here with the longest. Maybe it was his own hair, but his hair was so straight and silky and it went down to his knees. It was the bass player. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember his name. But he he got you, like, dude. With his silky box. Yep. I love that. Hey, real fast. I wanted to be him. Was this the Winwood? No, 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 no. This was in part of Virginia. Where were we in? No, no, the flush, the the Fear Factor. Fear Factory, yes. Winwood. Yep. Um, Dimitri Vegas. Dimitri Vegas. Armin Van Buren. See, the only thing is that's not that just became my lane, so I'm still <laughs> learning about that. <laughs> we'll move away from that. Yeah, then. Oh, there's boy. nothing. But wrong it was, with that. you know what? I'm mad at myself that I didn't discover them far before that because that was a kick-ass night. Seriously, isn't it great when you discover a whole new genre and you're like at a show oh, at man. a festival? This is being like, hidden from me. Yeah. <laughs> While you're tripping. <laughs> While you're tripping, yeah, you're yeah, experiencing that with all these like babies, and to make things, dressed as babies. <laughs> to make things even better, my buddy that I lived with at the time, he was dressed as a pirate, <laughs> and it just started raining so hard and crazy. And we were we were out. It was an outside event. It was like <sighs> he's like, hold on. We we're holding on to the guardrails. Like, I don't know why this feels so familiar. I have right a question now. though. Why were you the one with a fistful of LSD and mushrooms and everyone else was tripping but you still had everything in your hand. Did they all have theirs too? Oh, some of them had already taken it okay. and some of them were waiting. There was no coordination. Get, yeah. <laughs> no, it. it was like perish at your own peril. Perish, perish oh, man. at your own peril. I love that. <laughs> you low-key put in your bio, uh, I, I kind of loved how you did it, that you mentioned that you have ADHD. Oh, yeah. Uh, but how you put it in your bio is really funny to me because it was just like, I have diagnosed with ADHD. Also, people say I let up a room and maybe that sucks, you know, but it's wonderful. Uh, so it was just kind of like thrown in there. So I, it kind of piqued my interest. Why did you feel it was important to mention that? Uh, because in, in a, a lot of public settings and stuff, like being out here in the local shows, I feel like I'm very, even though I'm, oh, the, he's so cool and friendly and blah, blah, blah. I feel like a lot of those times during conversation I just somebody will be talking to me and it means everything to them. And it's just like, <clears throat> did you know that Spencer was going to play tonight? <laughs> They're like, huh? And I realized that within the last couple of years, I'm like, damn, I'm so rude. And people just think I'm not like, no, I'm listening. But something I don't know. It's like seeing a shiny object. Yeah. And it's like, you don't want to look at it, but it's just like, but please look at me instead so, of this person. Yes. <laughs> How do you think that uh, having ADHD impacts you making music? If it if it does, does at all, it helps. It mm. can it can ruin me or it can help me. Either I get a, a good ass, just a good day, and I'm just writing, writing, writing. Like, damn, I finished that song in like two five minutes. And then there's this other song that I've been working on for two years, and I just put the second verse in it. And it's like, I'll go back to it, and it's like, mm, nope, sorry, can't do it. Just get it out of my face. Something else, quick. So There's a new thing I keep seeing 
recently now, especially with everyone being in quarantine and all that kind of stuff where uh, distract yourself with something else that you're working on. Like, so you're kind of simultaneously working on two projects. (laughs) (laughs) But will anything ever get done? I don't know if the research is out on that. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Are there any songs that you'll completely avoid listening to that if they come on, you're just like, nope, bye, radio, turn it off. It's in this (laughs) place. Like, no, I can't be here. It comes up on shuffle. You're like, skip. Uh... It used to be country music for me, hmm. but now it's like some country music I actually listen to. I'm like, damn, this is nice. It's nice. Got a little tear running down. You get a piece of hay sticking out your mouth, yep. like kind of with the with the hat, some <laughs> boots. Nah, but um, I, I'm not not really. You know what? What does the fox say? Oh God. <laughs> I'll listen to it. I just went to this long people. without hearing that. Mike screwed me over by teaching me, or Richard, the yeah. Baby Shark song. Yeah, I, I didn't know it until her. our review, like our two. We do a review every at the end of our like season of episodes. Oh, uh, and then Baby Shark got freaking thrown at me, and now there it is. I went so do, long do, without do, ever do, do. hearing that ever. So I, I'm with you on that. I'm going to say the same for Baby Shark as well. What's this Fox song <laughs> about? I'm going to mu- also <laughs> second you, the Baby genuine? Shark. Seriously. Hold on. Okay, wait. Mike's genuinely asking. Okay, so there's there's God. this. like uh, there, Here there, we go. Is this, did, I, did I miss out on another one? Yes. There's an entire, yes. This one came and went. I'm mad. Um, it, the band is called Ilvis. Why? Like, <laughs> he knows all about it, too. They're like Scandinavian or something, and they just, you know, they... um. They have this song. It was like a one-hit wonder. What the does the fox say? Yeah, called "What Does the Fox Say?" And then they make sounds. Your version kind of sounds like way better. Foxes. What does a fox say? Um, <laughs> like, a, like a weird chirping laugh. Sound. I'm not pulling it up. Yeah, Richard, insert a bit of it here. I was like, I was like getting caught up on stuff. So here's the thing. Here's the here's the weird thing. The song became like an instant meme in pop culture. Like it wasn't even obscure and everybody was listening to it. And like Tara, I avoided it. And it wasn't until like years after. And then just like one day, I don't remember. Like it was just, it was just on. I was like, well, now I've heard it. And it's kind of, I mean, it, it was it, actually the answer super, to this question I'm about to ask you is why Richard freaking picked it. It's super oh, catchy. Jesus. Ronan. Yeah. If you were a championship wrestler, what would your entrance theme music be? Oh, crap. For Richard, it's Baby Shark. <laughs> or was it Mike? That's not true. Or was who was was that, it Baby Shark? Anyway, I think that was Mike. For Mike, it's Baby Shark. If I was a wrestling champion and I walked into a, an arena mm-hmm. full of passionate, driven oh, people, Ronan, you're so awesome. Yeah. <sighs> Probably be Beethoven. I don't know. <laughs> some classic I love how that setup music. was everyone's screaming there's pyrotechnics going and then it's just insert Beethoven here <laughs> dun, 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 dun. love it something classic I enjoy that very much if, what any, about- if anything it scares my opponent just as much as like oh crap he's a gentleman too I love yeah, it so it. much what about TV theme songs do you have any TV theme songs committed to memory that we will attempt to sing with you if we know them a team? Oh, like commercials? Mm-hmm. No, like, you know, you watch a uh, show and there's a theme song. Like the opener. Like the opening theme. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe it's SpongeBob SquarePants, who lives in a pineapple under the sea. I don't oh, know. No. <laughs> Why that song came to my head was the first thing it was. Though. For me, when I did my episode, it was The Addams Family. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I know that. Man, I... We can do SpongeBob if you one, want. One of them that I like, though, that there's no vocals is the Ed, Ed and Eddie intro. Oh, that one. Crazy-ass jazz band with the whistling guy. <laughs> we tried. I will take that. I will totally crazy. take that. You and I whistled it together for a little bit, so I got that. All right. What about Broadway musicals? Do you do you mess with Broadway at all? Oh, or musicals I, in general? I appreciate Broadway, but I couldn't be like, ooh, this is my favorite one. <laughs> musicals, I'll, I'll no. I'll watch the hell out of a Broadway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Musicals? Like Phantom of the Opera type stuff? <sighs> Nothing that I can quote. Sure. I will enjoy it, though. I will watch it. I will appreciate it. I'll leave the building like, damn, that was good. <laughs> I like that. No, that's sincere your answer. Uh, so karaoke then. Where does karaoke fit in your life if it does at all? Oh, crap. I, <laughs> I once did CeeLo's uh, song, and he's in the group uh, Narls Barkley. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Oh, man. At uh, Where was I? I was in the army. You know? <laughs> uh, it was terrible. And you sang that while you were. Would you remember where you were at all? It was uh, this karaoke bar on Yatkin Road, which is as soon as you get go off of the post, it's like five minutes. Like, Where left. was that? It's in uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Okay. So I went there one night. There's a bunch of people. And they're like, oh, shit, Ford just got here. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? I didn't even know y'all did karaoke. What? <laughs> and they're like, dude, do one, do one. I was like. All right. I remember when. <laughs> I remember when I lost my mind. What about dancing? Oh. You like to dance? My uh, Honestly, that's my brother Enrique instilled that into the family. I mean, my, my mom and dad know how to dance salsa, bachata, merengue, mm. all that stuff. But then my brother Enrique was the one bringing home cardboard boxes, breaking them down, and throwing on African bombada or nucleus. It was like, boom, boom. Oh, so, look at you. A lot of pop locking, yeah. footwork, windmilling. And then I don't know if you guys remember the era when crump clowning became a thing. Yes. Pop, pop, da, da, da. I love it. All that crap. Just studied, watched. Both of my oldest brothers were in this group called Dance Salsation, which is a Salcedo group here in Lee County, mm-hmm. ran by Annette Gonzalez. She's in Miami now. Shout out, shout out. Shouts out. And uh, I was always I was always there watching. So <clears throat> my steps, however, <sighs> I got some good footwork. It's not like it used to be, but you know I have very good memory of going to this club. It's off of College Parkway and Winkler Road. It's next to the Shoney's Barbecue. I'm trying to think what's there. See, anybody who's going to hear this is going to know. Like, oh, I know what that is. I don't know why I can't, I can't think of what it's called, name, though. I can't yeah. think of what it's called oh, at all. It's driving me. <laughs> we have people downloading this in Russia this week. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> we have people all over the world listening. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. But, yeah, anyway, it's like it's not, not necessarily like the worst area ever, but it's like a very random place for a club. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah it it doesn't make sense. Like strip malls like, and why things. Why is this here? And uh, <laughs> like industrial areas. So it doesn't make sense that there would be clubs over there. But I know what I wish I could remember the name of it. Yeah. Something. But, you know, it had one side hip hop mm-hmm. and the other side was Latin. Yeah. And um, 2014, I came home or 2015 when I got out of the military permanently. And my brother, Mike, he was still in. But he came home to visit. 
and we picked up his buddy Eric, which is our our like family friend. He's a Cuban guy, and we we go there. And I just remember my brother Mike was like the king in dance alsatian. Every contest they entered, Mike was dancing with a net, and it was the no one else had a chance. Yep, they're like Mike has to do it. Why? Because my brother does this thing like while he's dancing and he moves his hips, so he makes his butt pop out a uh-huh. little bit, and I guess people really like that. They're like, "Ooh, nice ass!" <laughs> <laughs> so. <clears throat> We go to the club that night, and I'm watching my brother there dance with his wife, and he's like, no, you, you're going to dance? You're going to? And I look around, and there's like three women. The thing I like, I love about Latin clubs, too, is that you can just stand there and look around, and I feel like there's a woman there that's like, you want to dance? I'm like, hell yeah, man. let's go. And <laughs> it had been a while since I hung out with my brother Mike, or the last time we went out to go dance salsa. So I did come up with a few things on my own. Like, you know, just I have the salsa rhythm, but it's like the extra that I like to add in in between. The little Ronin extra. Yep, the little extra pieces of footwork. <laughs> and my brother saw me do it, and he's over there like, damn, bro, if only you were older back in the day, could have joined with him, could have <laughs> took all the trophies. God, you, it seems like you had a lot of paths that you could have, you, you know, banned. You could have been a dancer, football star. <laughs> like, where are you going? It's just wherever you want to go. Everything but football. <laughs> football just made me... Playing it and getting to where I got to, because I did play one year college ball. After mm. that, I was just like, man, this was the wrong choice. You found your right choice, though, with music. Yeah. So, so if you, this is our new favorite, one of my new favorite questions. Uh, if you are a cocktail or a drink, an alcoholic beverage, not necessarily alcoholic, <laughs> a concocted beverage of some kind, uh, what would you be? Oh, boy. We've gotten some interesting answers so far. I can't remember Spencer's right now, though. <laughs> <laughs> this was interesting. I remember, but I don't remember what it was. My, if I was an alcoholic beverage. Or just a beverage of some kind. I'll put that out there. Oof. Beverage of some kind. <laughs> but I, mostly a cocktail, something fun. Like a, I want to say gin and tonic. There's nothing wrong with that. Extra lime. Oh, yeah, and same. Pine, and pineapple chunks. And there. pineapple. I've not oh. put pineapple in my chicken tea. I'll try it. That's the Ronin with pineapple. Yep, and <laughs> maybe right. some brown sugar on top. Just a little, just a, a little, sprinkle. a little something, a little yep. one of these, a little yep. peppering of a, brown sugar, a salt bay of <laughs> brown pepper. Would you call it the Ronin? Is that the name of that drink? Uh, well, how about not Ronin? We'll call it not Ronin. <laughs> just like, like not yellow. Because I don't, because yeah. I don't drink too often. So yeah. people see it like, oh, that's for Ronin. That. That's not Ronin. Not Ronin. I love it. Damn. Time for your last song. So what do you got? This song is so, it is so embedded in me because it instilled my motivation for everything that I want, I want to achieve. And it's like, I know what it's like coming from a hard time. And it just... Ugh. especially being with my friends at the time, too, because that's what made it even more worth chasing, you know? When you got everybody else around you who's also like, I want that as well. Did you feel like it was better. kind of a camaraderie in that, that you all wanted some, like, that something more for? You wanted that life, a piece of that life, which is what led to that party. Yeah. So. So what's the song? The song is Money Trees by Kendrick Lamar featuring J-Rock.
So where does that bring you? What do you think of when you think of that song other than, you know, your friends, the camaraderie, but is there a specific time place that you kind of go back to? I go back to <laughs> New Year's Eve, 2012. Uh, party in, um, I'm just going to go ahead and shout out the apartment complex. It was the the forum. Mm-hmm. It's in the forum. Is it the apartment the forum, com- yep. It's called the forum, right? That's where it went down, in the clubhouse. My boy was really good at graphic design, and he created this invitation-only pass, something of sort, and he put it on the clubhouse door. The thing was, we got away with it, too, because the clubhouse was closed for, like, two days. So, in reality, they weren't allowing any parties at all. We were like, hey, we got this thing scheduled. Nobody else is allowed to be here after 7 p.m. Thank you. So, (laughs) we kind of just took that and ran with it extra hard. You want to listen to the song? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for this memory trip. All right, perfect. So this is Money Trees by Kendrick Lamar featuring J-Rock from the album Good Kid Mad City released in 2012. Oh, that song is. I feel like every kid in the projects needs to hear that song. It's like, go, go get it. Motivation. Well, pass all the other aspects and stuff but like just make something of yourself basically right so was that a message that was instilled within you from a young age oh yeah in general before the song oh yeah my pops uh, oh you're no dummy you're not a dumb (laughs) all right you just remember that i'll remember it i'll try so and you said you listen to that song still. Do you ever listen to it when you're just having, like, you need that motivation? Does that song help you with that? Yep. Or yeah. if it just pops up, just turn it up, start walking around the house all extra swag-like. <laughs> and Marissa's like, oh, God, please. When she hears Kendrick Lamar come on, she's like, oh, here he come. Yep. <laughs> here I come. <laughs> here he come. <laughs> what about you talked about um, some of those friends, you know, that you guys, you remember listening to the song with them. Do you still talk to them? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh Frank, Guillermo, sometimes Greg, sometimes Chris. <laughs> Just not as not as often other of them, but like Guillermo and Frank are like my day ones. Yeah. They're just they're just brotherly. Brotherly, more brotherly than almost my brothers. Do you have a favorite artist or band of all time? Like we you consider your epitome like favorite? Damn, that's a hard it's question. It's such a hard question. I hate it. <laughs> but I ask it. Um, of all time. What popped uh, up in your head first? Outcast. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Big Anybody on this list? Uh, well, yeah. Um, it's a pretty solid list, so you what? got Outcast. NERD and Kendrick Lamar. That's not bad. <sighs> That's N- not a bad list. See, and then NERD too. It's not yeah. just that. Oh my God. Yeah. So, was there I, a fourth song though that maybe you thought of? Because if you can't I listen did. to necessarily, maybe not a favorite, is there another song that popped up? It was going to be Kanye West, Love Lockdown. Mm, I like that song. I heard and that I, a long time. Yep. And that's when I started wrestling at Dunbar High School. And honestly, it was. I, I understood the message of the song, but the freaking drums, the drums is what got to me. That one's good. So bad. It's in my head now. I'm going to probably put it in the car when I leave. Yeah, the drums are really, well, the, it's 808, yeah? Mm-hmm. The 808 and Heartbreaks? Yep. Yeah. Uh, 
are there any albums that you have to once you start listening to them you have to listen to it all the way through you know i sometimes it's about what my brain wants to let me do because <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll uh speaker box for instance that half of the outcast album yeah i can listen to for that number one all the way to oh, damn how many songs is on there Oh, there's, there's, there's quite a few songs. It was back in the day where they used to put like 17 or 20 mm-hmm. songs on that album. And then that came out as the duel. Yeah. Yeah. So I could listen to those, Love Below and Speaker Box, front to back. And then on certain days, I just have to hear one song from the album. It doesn't might not even be She Lives in My Lap. It might be Prototype, Hey Ya, or, uh, you know. Was there a process for you to choose your three songs? Or did you know pretty quickly what your three songs were going to be? Oh, I just, boom, I'm going to give them these three. Coming up with my story and bio, though, I was very slack. I was slacking on that one. I waited until the day before you told me to send it. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I got to send my bio. Is that the ADHD? (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You got it to us and you're here, man. That's all that matters. I work better closer to the deadline. I do too, though. Maybe I should probably look into that, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Is there a best album of all time, in your opinion, that you're like, this album is the best album of all time? I think we're going to get you just enough of a conundrum as what's the best favorite artist of all time. I'll throw everybody off. (laughs) Here's one of the greatest albums of all time that I think. I can't say it's my greatest album of all time because I don't have one. One of them is System of a Down toxicity i wasn't gonna so, i did not expect that yeah i know every song on that album <laughs> that album is gas times 11 what would your 14 year old self think of you today <laughs> <laughs> damn bro still no superpowers what the hell are you doing <laughs> no toxic waste you got no stuff in no nothing, nothing? No. for real my, though my 14 year old self would probably be like wow you look so damn cool because I feel like this is kind of the image I was trying to go for from way back in the day and just slowly built up to that. So I think I'd be proud. I'd be pretty satisfied. And I am pretty much the black sheep in my family group. So I feel that. Mm-hmm. I can feel that as well. So of your three songs, if you're pressed, there's no way out of this. Which song would you choose to listen to as much as you want on repeat? She Lives in My Lap. Which song would you ensure was listened to by everyone else, but you could never listen to it again? Money Trees. So then a song that you'd disappear entirely out of existence would then be You Know What? Really? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Do you want to change that now, knowing that that's the last option? No. No? Nope. Yep. All right, we are we're down to it That's now. It. This is this is the last thing. Can you recommend three people that you would like us to pursue as guests and that you will make sure you share your episode with? Frank Sizzle, Johnny Kane, and my boy Lutz. Boom. Any final thoughts? Uh people I'm not sure if it is YOLO or whatnot. Maybe there is reincarnation, but Use what you got now and try to make the best of it because nobody else is going to do that for you. Tell everyone where they can find your music. 
You guys can find me on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, basically just about any streaming service under Ronin Earth Clan, maybe sometimes Stone and Ronin. I have many. There's many projects out there with different names on it. Thank you so much so, for joining us. I thank you guys for having me on. We make this show in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Knairi is co-creator and host. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. I'm Tara Callaghan, online content producer and sometimes host like today. Chris Duffus is our executive producer. Our theme song was made by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studios in St. Pete. For our parting tune this week, we're going to let you listen to a bit of Ronan Earth Clan's original song, Before I Die. He says that it is explicit, but we have it a little bit edited here, so you can listen to the full version on Spotify. And it is also available, though, on all streaming platforms. Ghostface killer, looking in the mirror, pleased with the image of this modern day thriller. Me and me gorillas, lifting no ceilings. Take tobacco out, gon' replace it with the filling, so I could get this feeling. Bougie, no extension. All this workflow and got me in the mood for mentions, but I don't f with snitches. Therefore, I will not mention all my favorite niggas with that homemade pension. Lifestyle be volatile, cinema within the cloud Combustion like the cherry on this blunt should be considered loud Ronin real sincere now, enjoying the come up of my peers We knew this ain't no race, this a marathon Blood and tears, sacrifices all around Judgment lingers in and out The mental felt the crash like glass These frowns been shattered now But still I stand as a long forsaken man Pushing till I reach my peak Come and prosper with the clan Like time keeps ticking I'ma get this money Fuck a 9 to 5 I'm on 95 running Me and broke's a joke Fuck stand up I'm a rapper nigga wanna poke I'm too busy whipping traffic nigga Lifetime skipping Me and my honey Bunch of gangsta bitches In our bedroom My man Doing what I wanna Me and marijuana Roll another wood Gotta keep this shit high night Time keeps ticking I'ma get this money Nine to five, I'm on 95 running. Me and Bro's a joke. stand up, I'm a rapper, nigga. Bitches wanna poke. I'm too busy whipping traffic, nigga. Lifetime skipping. Me and my honey. Bunch of gangsta bitches in our bedroom. Coming, doing what I wanna. Me and marijuana. Roll another wood, gotta keep this shit in a They tell me time's not real, it's a construct. They tell me real ain't even real once your time's up. How would you expect to feel when the mind's blown? Like when she wanna crown the king on her own throne. I know we strive to do these things on our own flow. And all these faces wanna stare like they don't know who you be, what you do, what you buy. These little niggas got sh- up now, and they just want clout. I just hang my head in plain view now. I demonstrated for these eyes around, but they ain't seen. Yeah, the verbal voodoo wrap around your pants to keep you fed. 
I hope it haunts you even past your end No worry about me, I won't even pretend That I'm at peace with it Bet I'm everlasting even through this I told you niggas you ain't seen shit yeah, don't try to quote what's next Just know I got you all projecting this shit Time keeps ticking, I'ma get this money Fuck a 9 to 5, I'm on 95 running Being broke's a joke, fuck a stand-up, I'm a rapper, nigga Bitches wanna poke, I'm too busy whipping traffic, nigga Lifetime skipping, me and my honey Bunch of gangsta bitches in our bedroom, humming Doing what I wanna, me and marijuana Another wood, gotta keep this shit a high night. Time keeps ticking, I'ma get this money. Nine to five, I'm on 95 running. Me and Bro's a joke, the stand up, I'm a rapper, nigga. Bitch, wanna poke. I'm too busy whipping traffic, nigga. Lifetime skipping, me and my hot name. Bunch of gangsta bitch in our bedroom. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. You know what? I'm like (laughs) rebranding. I guess Alexandra would be fine.